Paranormal Thoughts podcast listeners, and welcome to the offerings. My presence as I come before you today is of no such importance. I am just a conduit, a front for something much greater. The purpose of these anonymous communions is for you to relinquish your true sinister accounts to make an offering. I heard someone mumble my name. It was so eerie. And as it's getting closer to the back of our tent, everything around us just seemed to go silent. You know, we never found out what the banging was. You know, was it someone trying to tell me we needed to look up in the crawl space? Subscribe to the offerings wherever you get your podcasts. It's coming. Let it in. Record your sinister accounts. Make an offering. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, and as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're doing Listener Paranormal Experiences Part 3. Just before we get into the episode though, I just want to say if you enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes of Paranormal Thoughts, please make sure you subscribe. You can also leave us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you use, that helps us out massively. You can check out our socials. We're on Facebook and Instagram. And just on that as well, I've just launched a private Facebook group for listeners of Paranormal Thoughts. I won't go into too much detail sort of around the reasons for starting that, but I feel like it's something that could be really helpful for you guys if you want to share some thoughts, have a discussion about your own experiences or other people's experiences in a safe and non-judgmental space. So you can find the link to the Facebook group in the podcast description, or you can just jump onto Facebook and type in Paranormal Thoughts Podcast Group, and you can add yourself into that there. So yes, today we are speaking to some listeners of the podcast. This is always a fun thing to do. You guys reach out to me a fair bit telling your stories or sharing images or videos with me to get my opinions on whatever it is that you are curious about. And every now and again, some of you get in contact with me and I go, I think it's worth having a discussion about this, you know, to share your experience with others because it can massively help, but it's also just very interesting. And I think you guys listening get a lot out of it. The first listener I'm going to speak to is Kelly, and she is from Brisbane, Australia, which is also my home city as well. Kelly is a nurse, and she reached out telling me a little bit about her paranormal experiences, I suppose. She has had a lot of hauntings all throughout her life, to the point where it almost sounds like there's something following her, even though without, throughout all these different locations that she ends up, the activity is different, but just the fact of... I don't know, there does seem to be maybe more going on. Like, as I said, she could be being followed or maybe she's just very open to this phenomena and it really, she attracts it, I suppose. I just want to mention one thing because I feel like international listeners aren't going to understand this one phrase that Kelly states. So Brisbane is located in the state of Queensland and at one point Kelly mentions a Queenslander and typically that's what people from Queensland are called. But in this case, she's actually referring to a house and a certain type of house built specifically in Queensland is called a Queenslander. And what that means is it's a wood house on stilts, pretty much. 
doesn't really add too much to the story, but I just realized when I listened back while editing this chat, she mentioned it and I went, a lot of people aren't going to understand that. So I thought I would give some context to that. Thanks so much to Kelly for reaching out and let's chat to her now. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm really curious to hear about some of your experiences. You can kind of start wherever you like or, you know, and just we'll discuss them really. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I've always kind of experienced stuff ever since I was, um, like I would say three years old. Um, the very first experience I remember, um, now my, it's a long story, but in Sunnybank, my grandma, my great grandmother and my great grandfather had built their house and it was a big Queenslander. And I don't know if you've heard of the noon train station, yeah, all? yeah. Yeah, so it's just across from there. So back in the war days, you know, my great-grandmother was living on her own and my great-grandfather was out in the war and um, he wasn't there, obviously, a lot of the time. And my great-grandmother, um, I found out as I got older that she actually committed suicide um, because she had a lot of mental health stuff going on. And she actually committed suicide at the Bernoon train station. So she actually jumped in front of a train and uh, the first attempt she failed and she actually had lost her arm, which was really sad. Uh, And then the second attempt she succeeded. So we found that out as we got older. It was kept secret for a very long time. But that house still exists today, still there. My mother and my father... Um, when I was born, moved in to that place. And they had put me in my own room in, in the big old Queenslander. It was quite scary at that time. I think I, I was only very young. And my mother and father, I recall, were in the next room. And I remember being in my crib, my cot, and uh, I remember the room. It was a night time. It was probably about... Oh, I know it was night, it was probably about six or seven o'clock and put me to bed and I remember the room and I had a big window in front of me. Um, I remember that big window because my cot faced that window. <laughs> this is creepy. And uh, so I'm kind of just laying there and, you know, I'm so young and I remember this and that's what creeps me out. And um, the room started to become really windy, like, all of a sudden, and I remember my windows were shut. 
like, or they may have just been slightly open. But the room became really windy. I had a bookshelf and all my kind of books, you know, child child books, baby books and things started to fall off in on the ground. And I remember that. And I remember going, oh, my God, like, my room's so windy and, you know, it's what's going on? <laughs> all the books are falling off the shelf. And I'm kind of just, I, I, I remember kind of standing up in my crib and I was like looking around and right in front of me, I remember looking out the window and I saw um, a figure and it was, and we were, it was a two-story house. So there could have been no one standing out there. Um, and it was a female, I do recall it was a female and um, she, it was white. It was just a white figure, but really couldn't distinguish facial features or anything like that. But it was, it was a female and she was white. And I remember just kind of scream, like screaming, just absolute terror because I didn't know what it was. All I knew it was it, it looked like a person and it was in the window looking at, in at me. And, and um, yeah, I just remember screaming and that's all I remember. I, that's all I have memory of. And my mum and my dad came running in and they remember me screaming, but they didn't know why. They had no idea. They just knew that the books had fallen down and the room was kind of just this different energy in the room. As I got older, they didn't know why I was screaming because I was only a baby. Um, and they kind of questioned me as I got older and they're like, Kelly, do you recall like being really young and you were screaming and in that, in that house? And I go, yeah, I do remember. I saw a ghost. <laughs> I saw, and I, and they were like freaked out because they had known the history of that, of my great grandmother. So that was kind of, um, they were like, wow, you know, they were blown away. So like, we remember you like absolutely in terror, just terror. And, um, yeah, that was kind of like my first experience that I ever had. Wow. Can you even remember any previous memories in before that? Or do you think that was almost the very first memory you've ever had? That's the very first memory of me um, as, a, as a kid and my experience with the paranormal. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I, have no, I have no prior experience, like memories of being a kid before that. Yeah, so that was traumatic, I think, and that's what ingrained in my brain because it was so traumatic for me. No, 100%. Like, even the way you're describing it, it's like, it doesn't sound like the mind of a three-year-old, you know? It's like, it obviously has left such a impact and it was so memorable. Being a three or four-year-old, you don't remember things, you know? I'm 38 now and you don't, you ask someone and you go, do you remember what you did at three and four? And they're like, no, nah, I don't, I don't remember. But that's, it. that's, yeah, that's the only thing I remember because my mum and dad remember it too. And they were like, we didn't know what was going on. We thought there was someone in the room trying to take you, you know, because you were so terrified. Yeah. So they kind of confirmed that I, that did happen and that I did see something. That's, that's a pretty full on uh, introduction to <laughs> the paranormal, isn't it? Yeah kind of, you know, followed me ever since. I've lived in multiple haunted houses. I don't know whether something has attached to me my whole life. I feel like I'm a, a sensitive in a lot of things. I pick up on things and I can read people very well. I think there's always been something with me, 
uh, whether it's good or bad, I think. Yeah, there's been lots and lots of things that have happened since then as well. So It is interesting whether or not things do attach and follow or, as you said, if you are more sensitive to things, you know, it could be that there's a lot of these spirits around and because you are more in tune with all that, you know. So it's hard to say, but it's interesting that you you do mention that you think there could be something though. What What do you think that that is potentially if if you feel like it has something that may be attached to you do you have any ideas or if anything i think it uh look it could be that i i was really 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 close to my my grandmother and my grandfather which was their my great mother's great great grandmother's daughter obviously i was really close to them they passed away on me very early as well and my, i was about 10 when my grandma and granddad passed away and I was heartbroken. I felt like I didn't get enough time with them. Um, and I don't know whether they've always kind of been with me and guided me in my life and through my life, but I do feel that they are always with me. There's been lots of things that I've done that's blown me away in my life. And I just think, wow, they kind of, they're helping me, guiding me through. So sometimes I think it's them kind of with me. Um, I don't think it's anything negative. I think anything, you know, even thinking back to when I was three, maybe it was just her showing herself to me, you know, and nothing negative about it. It was just because I didn't understand and I was scared, you know. Now that makes total sense. I feel like that's probably the case a lot of the time too. And maybe the way that people respond is how, I don't know, maybe the confusion, where the confusion comes in, where maybe a lot of these spirits aren't actually malicious. And, exactly, exactly right. But exactly. of course, seeing a full body apparition at any age when you're not expecting it, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's very full on. I mean, I've never seen anything as solid as that, but even I know, um, even if you were looking for it, to actually then witness it, it would change kind of your the whole belief system or just reinforce exactly. it really. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a yeah, it's it's very unusual. So anyone would really yeah probably have a pretty extreme reaction. Yeah, exactly. And now because I've gotten older, I'm like, well, maybe it was just her kind of saying, "I'm here and I'm watching over you, and I want to protect you." And could be, you know, it wasn't anything that she it did to me that you know hurt me. It was just yeah, it was just I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, it was just like a visitation, really, just checking in. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so what would your next experience be then? Where where we go from here? The next experience, which was quite prevalent in my life, was when me and my husband we had moved from. We actually ended up moving into that house. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was absolutely crazy because it's in my family. So we've all kind of, my sister's even moved in there, stuff happened to her. Me and my husband moved in there when we first met and we had a baby together (laughs) and we were in the same house, but we weren't there for long because every time I was in that house, I always did get freaked out because I knew what experience I had in there. So I was always, you know, very scared, but we got really cheap rent there. My uncle owns the house. So in times of need when we needed to move somewhere and that that was the house we kind of went back to to live in. Um, And even in those times when, you know, we were living there, we lived there for about six months 
stuff happened again, but not any visual stuff, but I heard things and I was like, there's definitely something here. Like 100%, there's definitely something here. But we ended up moving from there to another house out in Bow Desert and we just wanted a change in our life and we wanted to just get away for a bit. We ended up moving out there for about a year and then from there we decided what we wanted to do because a lot of family weren't coming out to see us because it was so far away. So we're like, okay, so maybe we just go back um, and we kind of figure out what we want to do from there. So we ended up looking for a house in Springwood, uh, Rochdale area. And we were quite, quite we were rushing because I had actually been accepted into a um, diploma of beauty. So it was going to be um, in Brisbane that I was studying. So I was like, I want to be closer to that as well. So we're like, oh my God, we've got to be quite quick. We've got to find a, a place like quickly. But the other house was taken. I didn't want to go back to that house. So we're looking at somewhere around Rochdale. Anyway, we found this really cheap house, went and had the house inspection, walking around the house and kind of got a weird vibe. Like I was like, oh, it does look a bit dark and dingy and it's a bit not something I'd usually pick. But we were like, yep, okay. So we applied and um, yep, we got accepted. So my husband's working and I'm pack- we're packing and we're moving everything. I was in the house alone and I'm unpacking stuff in the back room. So it was a three-bedroom house, big backyard, and I'm unpacking. And as I'm in – so this was early. It was probably like day three. I'm in the, I'm in the place. And um, I'm in there and I'm just, you know, sorting out where I was going to put my daughter. Um, and I, my, I just had a new baby at the time as well, so my other daughter. And there was three bedrooms, so I was going to have one – of my daughters in each room, me and my husband in the other room. And as I'm unpacking, um, I'm in there and I just hear this. I got this sense and that feeling again that I got when I was three. It was the same feeling. And I was like, this room just is giving me the creeps and I don't know why and I'm just kind of trying to ignore it. And it started to get windy again. (laughs) It was that wind feeling and I was like, oh no. I was like, what's happening? And something all of a sudden just whispered in my ear. It was like this really creepy, like, like in my ear. And it was so loud. And from then I knew I fucked up. (laughs) I ran out of the house petrified, like crying my eyes out. And I was like, oh no, what have I done? I've just signed six months and the house is haunted. I knew from then the house was haunted. And I called my husband and I said, we shouldn't have got this house. I knew from the start should have taken those feelings into account. The house is haunted and I can't go back. And I was crying. <laughs> I drove away and was crying. And then um, Dave, my husband, he's like, Kelly, you've got to go back and you've got to kind of face it. You know, you've got to stop running away from it. If it is something that's following us or if it is something there, you've just got to go back and face it. And I was like, okay. It was about two hours, three hours later. And I come back into the house and I'm just kind of in the lounge room and I'm like, whatever's here, just leave us alone. Please just don't do this to me. I've gone through this before. I don't, I don't want this. Get out, whatever you are. Kind of from there, it didn't, it didn't go away. It got bad. It got really bad. So there was, again, kind of my fan in, in our room. So um, would turn off every night and you had to actually press the button to turn it off. So 
that I was just like, oh God, like it's happening. Like definitely something's here. I'd always get this weird vibe that something was watching me um, when I was there, you know, on the weekends. I just didn't feel comfortable being there. Um, I didn't end up putting, oh yeah, going back. I didn't end up putting my daughter in that room. It was a spare room and I actually had my two daughters in the other room because I was so scared of that room. And yeah, so my um, husband would say when he was alone there that he felt like something was watching him and he just never felt alone. Like there was always just something there present. I tried to do a lot of, I tried to do some research on the house to see whether someone passed away or if something yeah happened there, but I couldn't find anything. The other, the other part that happened when we were kind of about three months into living there, me and my husband were um, in the bathroom and I was doing um, my makeup and he was in the shower and we were just talking and all of a sudden we hear this like massive big crash, like a boom and it was the loudest thing you could ever have heard in your entire life. And I thought something had fallen and crashed in the house. It was so loud. And me and my husband, we both screamed. It was that loud. And I was like, oh my God, kids, like something's happened. Like it's almost sounded like glass shattering in a way. And I re- we ran out and there was just nothing. We couldn't find anything. And the kids didn't even hear it. It was only me and my husband that heard it, which was the weirdest thing because my girls were like, we didn't hear anything. And I was like, how did you not hear that? Like, that was the loudest bang. And they were like, no. And that freaked us out as well. That was really something we could not explain. No, that that's really bizarre, isn't it? And I've heard of that before, hearing just a commotion where you can't find the the source of it. And it's just like, what? what could even produce that? Something obviously really wanting you to know that it's there. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's so interesting too, as you said, when you went and looked at the house and you just had that feeling that, no, there's something not quite right here. And I feel like it's so easy to try to brush that stuff off. But I guess in your case, hey, it's like those senses, you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah, pretty important sometimes to really lean into that. Uh, especially if you are quite sensitive like yourself, you know, if if people were maybe more oblivious to it and not in tune with that, maybe the uh, the activity isn't actually so present either. But Exactly. Because I feel like with a lot of this stuff, right, it's it seems to be energy-based. So if you are giving it the attention, then it does become stronger or, you know, it will make itself more known, which, yeah, I feel like maybe in your case, it was kind of like the perfect situation. A hundred percent. It kind of knew, I think, from when I when I was unpacking in that room that it knew I felt it there and it knew that I picked up on it. And from there, it kind of was like, okay, yeah, well, it's, you know, I don't know how it works, but it's like I'm responding to it. Yeah, what exactly what you're saying. So... Did did you ever hear anything else as well? I mean, hearing that massive crash of the glass breaking and even hearing, you know, some sort of whisper, I mean, that's that's enough for like a lifetime really of experiences. But did anything else audible happen? There was growling. So there was a um, shed kind of in the carport area, which 
was really creepy. I never went in there. My husband put like his mul- the mower and all gardening stuff in there. Um, and I'd gone in there once be- just to grab something out of there really quickly, but I didn't like it in there. And you could kind of hear noises coming from under the under the ground because there was this underground bit under there. Um, and there was one time I did hear a, like some growling from there and that that freaked me. And I do recall Dave even telling me that he heard the same thing as well. So that was kind of the only other audible stuff that we heard. The growling was terrifying. Yeah, we heard it would just be light, but it would be like a, maybe a groan or a growl, which was, yeah, which was really scary. Yeah, definitely. Sounds pretty negative. I mean, any sort of noise like that. I, I thought, yeah, there's maybe something a bit more darker here. Um, the very last the very last night, because we were only going to be there for six months, we we were like, no, we, we're not being here. We can't do any longer here. Um, and we had realised prior to us that the tenants before us were had been only there for six months as well. Um, and obviously for the same reasons. <laughs> but for the, the very last night that we were moving out, now this is this is going to blow you, this what happened, because it knew that we were moving. So we're packing up. We've actually been, uh, we, yeah, we got um, approved for another house. So we're like, thank the Lord, we're out, we're going. Dave's kind of um, I'm packing up in the room and I'm packing and we've got all our boxes ready and we're sleeping in there for that very last night and we're the truck's picking up everything to that next morning. My fan turns off again, and this is probably about 1.30 in the morning. My fan turns off again on its own. Now, we have the, we had the room, it's hard to explain, but our room kind of faced the toilet, but it was ages away. So there was a good distance from the toilet to our room, but we could see the toilet from our room. And the door was open. And all of a sudden, my, my, turn, my, my fan turns up, wakes me up. And so I'm awake and I'm laying there. I'm like freaking out because I'm like, something's going to happen. I can just feel it. Something's going to happen. About 10 minutes later, the air freshener in the toilet comes like someone pegged it. Someone pegged it and made and smashed it into our room and made a huge dent in the wall. It was pegged. And me and my husband woke up and we were like, nah, like we're out. Like we, I've got goosebumps. Like it was so scary. And we both were like, oh my God, like it's pissed off. It, it knows we're leaving and it's pissed. And or whether it wanted our attention, I don't know. I don't know, but we didn't end up sleeping. We got up and we were just like stayed up the rest of the night because we were just so freaked out. It left a dint in the, the wall. It was that hard thrown, yeah. So that was kind of, yeah, something that I can't explain. No, and fortunate that you were getting out of there, obviously, because I guess up to that point, everything was kind of audible or, you know, there wasn't, you know, nothing was manipulated or, you know, thrown or anything like that. But I think as soon as that sort of activity happens where, whatever this is has ability to move things you know even if it's even if it's like playful in a sense like i couldn't 
think of anything worse than like something moving your keys, say, every night. I mean, you're not being able to find it. But the idea of something, I mean, to throw something like that, that's, I feel like there's only really one reason for that, right? It's it's angry to, to throw something. Uh, it's it's definitely letting you know that, well, I don't know, maybe it, yeah, it, it really wanted you gone or I don't know. Maybe it was probably annoyed too that, it being a rental, it's gone through this process already. It's like you're leaving, new people are coming in. Like that's probably not not something it wants either, you know. The whole process is starting again. But no, that is, yeah, that's very frightening, obviously. That, yeah, yeah. So that was, that six months of our lives was pretty hectic. You know, I'm a nurse, as you know, as well. So there's been a lot of things. Like I've gone into hospitals and things and things have happened to me. Um, there was, I guess... Um, another time when I was doing my placement and um, a patient had just passed away. They obviously, you know, did what they had to do and removed the patient from the room. And I was doing the night shift that night. So I knew that that room was empty and they were getting ready to put another patient in there. And probably, you know, three hours passed and the call bell was going off. So we were like, "What? why is that going off? There's no one in there. <laughs> so that was also another thing that happened um, where it wasn't just me, it was a whole lot of other people witnessing that. And it was like, well, obviously that patient's still there and calling for help maybe or something. It's interesting to think about the, the probably the amount of nurses and doctors or just any hospital staff who must experience some pretty bizarre things just being surrounded by I mean even just all the activity of people coming and going constantly then add in you know people dying as well and there's so much that goes on I mean you must all have a couple stories you know which I don't know it's such a, it's such an interesting location yep definitely Definitely. Um, I, I'm i so interested in the paranormal. I've always, I always used to say, I want to be a paranormal investigator. Like, because I'm me and my sister, we're obsessed. Like, we, we love listening to stories because it's happened to my sister a lot as well. Um, and that's why we love listening to podcasts because we don't essentially like to tell a lot of people about our experiences. And yeah, it's just really nice to um, share that with people that understand and don't think we're nuts. No, 100%. Have you had like other nurses sort of tell you stories? Like I feel like I can imagine like sitting like in the break room and kind of hearing, you know, swapping war stories in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, so during my placements, we would absolutely talk about things like that where um, our nurse would tell me that a patient just passed as he was in that process of passing away. He was talking to his loved ones. He was saying, you know, I'm coming. I'm, I'm going to be there with you, you know, soon. And he would, they would reach up in this, you know, reach up in the air and they hadn't moved for days and now they're moving, you know, and now they're kind of looking and they're talking. They're more alive than ever and then they die. Like those last 10 minutes. It's freaky. It's freaky. I was going to ask your stance on all of this, but it does sound like from, I mean, living in the house at Sunnybank, having experiences there, then to whatever was in that house at, you know, Springwood, Rochdale. I mean, I mean, that does sound, it's obviously, it's different. 
I don't know. I, I think the word demonic is thrown around way too casually these days, and it, it could have just been a disgruntled. That's exactly right. Too, you know, that's exactly right. Exactly. It may have just wanted my attention because it knew that I knew, maybe, and maybe it had been ignored for so long that. I knew it was there, but at that time, again, I was freaked out. I didn't want anything to do with it. Um, I did get a bit of a bad vibe, but yeah, again, it could have just been, yeah, as you said, like disgruntled and it just wanted my attention and or help. But it's so scary at the same time because it feels like it's threatening. Um, it feels like it's not, you know, to whisper really creepily in your ear, that's freaky. Like <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, so but maybe that's their only way of getting your attention or... Well, that's it, isn't it? And I guess it's the thing of you could say, you know, they're dead, they can't hurt you, but if they're, you know, if this thing starts oh, throwing things, yeah. you that know, was, it's... It was pegged. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't just like, you know, thrown. It was pegged. It made a dent in the wall. It was that like hardly thrown and I was just like, no, nah. like we need, we're out. Like this is scary. No, at that point... I mean, you have to do, you have to take some sort of action, don't you? Because, I mean, it's, it's an unseen danger, which is just, it's just wild. Like how many people can really say they've had to deal with anything like that? It'd be very slim, you know, and that's, it's once again, very, luckily you were on your way out, but. I know, I was, thank, thank the Lord we're out. I just hear, like, I remember like hearing stories about people who've just bought a house and it's like, they can't get out, you know, it's, and then. This sort of activity know, happens. Exa- and, you- and that's my biggest fear in life mm. is actually buying a house. But then I was like, no, I'm going to listen to my gut feeling next time. <laughs> I'm listening to that. Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and share some of your experiences. I really enjoyed getting to hear just the amount of things that you've witnessed. And I definitely think you're going to experience a lot more throughout your lifetime. Like, I feel like a huge weight's been lifted off me already. I feel great. Just talking about it. It's, yeah, you're doing a great thing. 100%. You're letting these people share these experiences that mean so much to them and they don't feel like they're going crazy. Like this, it's a great platform for people to come on and talk about them because in society today, you can't, you can't just talk to, as you said, you can't just talk to anyone about this stuff. So, um, you know, people are going to come here if they're intrigued and they're going to listen and they're the ones that are going to generally believe it. So it's, yeah, it's really good to have this type of platform for people. So yeah, you're doing an amazing thing, 100%. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. My next guest is Nisha, and she is from the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, Australia. We do mention this in the chat, but and I've mentioned this on the podcast before because I've spoken specifically about the Blue Mountains I don't, I'm not 100% sure what it is, but the Blue Mountains is a hotspot for activity from UFO sightings, abductions to Yowies being the Australian Bigfoot and a magnitude of different strange sightings. What you're about to hear is Nisha talking about experiencing some extraterrestrial beings, kind of unlike anything I have heard at least firsthand anyway. So it was really interesting for me just because it was so different. And I really feel like Nisha shares a lot of the same beliefs or even just insights as I do. Like a lot of you listening as well, you know, I feel like if you are here listening, you probably do align with, you know, what I'm sort of on here talking about. Um, Because, yeah, I feel like if you disagreed, you probably wouldn't listen. So it is always an interesting realization, I suppose, when a listener, I I can hear myself in what they're saying. So that's that's really cool and, um, yeah, just really nice. But thank you so much to Nisha and I hope you enjoy our chat. I was I was raised in the lower mountains and in Sydney, back and forth, but mainly grew up in the lower blue mountains. It's um beautiful sunny area, has one of the best climates in the world, apparently, according to scientists. It's um a gorgeous place, a great place in the eighties for kids to run around through the bush. And, you know, back then we used to go off the whole day, pack some milk roots in our little knapsack and go off and not come home till sunset. And so we'd get up to all sorts of things, running through the bush, climbing cliffs, doing things we probably shouldn't do, seeing things, hearing things that were probably a little bit weird. Um, Yeah, some kids would see things that seemed like, you know, tall, furry creatures and different things like that. I never saw anything like that. But you definitely, like when you're out in the bush, in the mountains, you feel presences and you feel like sometimes like you're being watched. Things like that would happen. So when I was a little girl, I don't know how this happened or when it started happening, but I, in those days, we didn't have so much to occupy us as we, as kids do now, like screens constantly. And, you know, we do a lot of imagining and a lot of, um, I don't know, kids really used to think deeply back then, I think. And I don't know, I I started meditating, I guess, as a child. I don't know if I'd heard about it through my parents because my parents are both kind of spiritual but um, I, I would meditate a lot and this golden man would appear to me in, you know, in my mind's eye. And um, he was always loving and warm and no clothes, just a light man. Um, I guess a light being 
would appear to me. I was in, I remember it clearly from grade three happening. And at that time at school, um, I'd made a friend in the, the grade below me and um, I talked to her about it a lot, about this golden man, and I was able to, at some point, I don't know how I convinced these kids to do it, but I would create these meditation circles where we would all stand. I was just, you know, grade three kids, so how old is that, um, seven or eight years old? I would create these meditation circles where there would be a group of about 10 kids holding hands and I would lead them into a meditation to see the golden man. And um, they would see the golden man. He'd appear in their mind's eye and it would get very hot and um, intense emotionally and a lot of them would end up absolutely bursting into tears, like absolutely this amazement and terror that they could see this incredible being appear because he he was like warm warm golden light it was beautiful but there was no word spoken or anything like that it was just a feeling so I don't know how long I carried that on for or if I did it past year three because I remember that friend that I'd I'd gotten quite close to her. Her mum ended up saying that I couldn't be a friend anymore and I think it's probably because she told her what was going on. <laughs> this weird kid at school has been making me see this golden man, right? So that was pretty disappointing time in my life. Um, after that, I think I shut down for a while. My sister knew about those kinds of things and then the other day we were talking about it and she, she said to me, I think you were just a witch and in primary school you just somehow you knew how to do these things and you know she she remembers us kind of astral traveling through the house and things she's like we used to just decide to do this and we would astral travel and so I don't know if I had a special ability as a child I do believe that children are more open to things and can potentially invite things whether good or bad into you know into their lives I felt like the golden the light man might be was a good entity. But yeah, it doesn't end there. So after primary school, I obviously went to high school. And, um, you know, throughout my life, I've had dreams of visitations and things as well, of greys and things, but no uh, experiences in the waking period. Um, you know, so most of my experiences have always been when I'm sleeping. But then one day I was with a friend of mine and we decided to go to the cliff near her house at sunset. As we often did, I was kind of staying at her house. I was about 16 or 17. I was staying at her house. Her mum had gone overseas. So I was living with her for a period while her mum was away and um, just so she had a companion. And we took her dog and we went to this cliff right near her house in a town called Hazelbrook. So Hazelbrook's like mid-mountains. And... Um, it's a beautiful town. There's waterfalls there. There's glow worm cave near there, near this cliff. So we walked to the cliff and to get to this little spot, you had to go through some shrubbery, which was um, quite spiky and things. So you'd have to push through the shrubbery and you would get scratched if you weren't careful to get to the secret little cliff that we used to sit on. So we were sitting there at sunset and Sarah was to my left and I'm sitting there on the cliff with her and I don't know for how long but the sun was setting it wasn't dark yet 
time seemed to slow down. Something seemed to be holding us in this state. We weren't in a meditation or anything. I wasn't deliberately trying to calm. I mean, we were just having a conversation, watching the sunset, and suddenly we weren't anymore. We were just sitting there. And we both felt this being between us. I couldn't turn my head to the left, but I could see on the edge of its body a silver light as it wrapped its arms, which were more like energy wings around us, um, almost angelic, but I don't think it was an angel. I think it was an extraterrestrial wrapping its arms around us, but in an energy light way saying, it's okay, stay still telepathically to us, stay still, watch this, it's okay, you're safe. You know, we want you to see this. So we are looking directly ahead of us and there was a, um, I used to call them power towers, not sure what they're called. They're those electrical towers that hold the wires. So on the opposite mountain to us, there was a being, a very tall being, probably about 10 feet tall, climbing the tower, gold from head to toe, golden light, beautiful golden light, pure, kind of almost scaling the towel with such ease and grace, almost like a liquid movement, um, but very physical, very um, like a solid masculine form, but no clothes, no genitalia that I could see or anything like that. It was just a body of light, beautiful light, but a humanoid figure. Um, but obviously from the distance we were at, I mean, the fact that we could see them so clearly was really interesting and shocking because they were not skin, they were light. Um, while we're watching this being climb the tower, I was getting um, visuals of its face very close to me. So the face kept coming right up into my face and I could see glistening eyes, almost not circular pupils and irises and things. It was more like a, a geometric kind of almost shape. And then it would flash back because I was just getting like these waves of intense, you know, the thing about this experience is we were both getting the urge to run. And I think that's a very human reaction is to run and scream and, you know, it was terrifying but fascinating and beautiful. It was so, such a range. I don't know if other people have had that experience before where you feel like you're stuck but you want to see what you're looking at but you can't move and then we also felt like we couldn't move because we were being held there by this being and the whole time we're communicating with each other going you know oh my god what are we looking at and but we weren't using our mouths it was telepathic um which we'd never done anything like that before I don't know how that you know that maybe the beings were able to make us speak telepathically. And so we're watching this beautiful light being climb this um, tower and there above to the left, so this is straight on, the tower straight on from us, and there to the left of the tower, probably I would say at like 10 o'clock, <laughs> 10 o'clock to the tower, there is a craft that appears from somewhere. It just appeared. I didn't hear it come in. We didn't hear like a whooshing sound or anything like that. It just appeared there and the craft was also movable. It was it was it was kind of morphing from a diamond shape to a curved diamond, almost a rounded edged diamond. And then it had light 
like I could see some shiny light points around it, but it was very smooth. It wasn't like, you know, our lights, which are quite bright and intense. And it was just like this morphing light shape. And then the next thing I knew, the being, I think it had kind of disappeared or gone into the ship. That part's a little blurry for me. But then I was terrified. I was terrified and I felt like the beings were watching from the ship. I don't didn't see the being like climb into the ship or get picked up into the craft or anything like that. But the next thing I saw was my body and my friend's body running through the bush, running like I don't know where her dog had gone or anything like that. But I was above watching our bodies as we're running in terror through the bush. And then after that, somehow, I don't know what time it, how long it had been or anything like that, but we were standing by the road of her house where there's another tower in the grass area there. And um, the ship was on that side hovering there and we were standing at the end of the, the path and her house is just like three houses down from that. And I felt like they were laughing at us in a kind of not a mean or sinister way, but in a way that's like we were like children to them um, in a way, not like we were cute, but like all oh, those children, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, totally. like oh, they're just, they, they can't comprehend quite what they saw and that was really fun playing with them. Like it felt like <laughs> that was fun for them and they were kind of like, totally cool with messing with us or something for God knows how ever long that time difference was. So, yeah, that's the main part of my experience. I mean, I saw when the ship was there and, I, and Sarah and I were like probably shaking, absolutely scared. We were standing there in awe, I guess, as well. And then I saw, a. she didn't see this, but I saw a light rain come down. So it wasn't a wet rain. It was a, a rain of light. Um, falling on us and then the ship was gone. I didn't hear anything. It was just gone. And that being that had been holding us obviously had disappeared before I saw my body running through the bushes. So that was interesting. <laughs> that was like a huge defining point in my teenage years, you know, trying to finish year 10, going through that. And then it was... Um, really full on and amazing. I mean, I growing up, I always knew they existed and because of my past experiences and, but then really seeing them that to that extent was crazy. And Sarah and I, like we went back to her house and from what I remember, the next couple of weeks were really, really, really sad. Like I think we were quite lost. I don't think we ate much. But yeah, that mean the first thing I really remember is really enjoying a sandwich after ages. I felt like I'd been on a huge journey and I was so hungry, like I hadn't eaten for ages. I remember that sensation, just feeling like, oh my God, this sandwich is the best thing I've ever eaten. I'm so grateful. <laughs> we were exhausted. So that was interesting. So I don't know if they took us somewhere or something like that, but we were both very hungry. How how long do you estimate that you were gone? Well, how long do you think this experience took place? 
to help that, like in the human world, yeah. in our world, um, I think it was probably less than an hour. Interesting. Yeah, I think definitely less than an hour because um, I think we got there. I still remember the sky being a little pink. Mm. And um, I, I and then it was kind of dark when we got to her house. There, um, I think I saw some stars. Yeah. So, yeah, not, not a significant amount of time. No, it wasn't a long time. It was still the same day, definitely the same day when we got back. But we were pretty dazed and confused for a couple of weeks. Yeah, like the just the aftermath of that. But it is interesting, isn't it? Because with these experiences, people do often have that sense of missing time or even time kind of standing still where, you know, whatever does happen to you, it's like the physics and like the principles of time no longer exist where a lot more can happen in such a short amount of time. Um, like as you said, the thing of being starving or or even just whatever did happen having quite quite an impact on the both of you that you didn't feel normal for quite a period of time years. afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> for years we haven't felt normal. Yeah, so that happened like 20-something years ago and um, I think it really affected both of us socially and mentally for a long time. I think we felt very isolated. I remember us telling one friend and, you know, her being like, oh, don't go on about that again, you know. <laughs> but we were just so, whenever we'd see each other, we it was like we had the biggest connection. You yeah. know, if I bump into it today, it's this huge connection. We know exactly what we're thinking and, you know, it's such a special thing to have experienced. But why it happened, I still don't know. Like there's no definite answer for that and that's something that I've I've actually really wished for but I've dreamt of them since then a couple of times which is interesting I've had very strong dreams of them visiting again but um yeah I, I still don't know the like were they just mucking around with us will they come back again are they old friends in another dimension am I like really good friends with them <laughs> I keep thinking that I don't know I don't know what happened yeah um and you both remember the story exactly the same. Sarah doesn't have she doesn't have the the energy light coming down. Yeah. From and she probably remembers a couple of things that I don't remember. I do remember that afterwards when we were really discussing what had happened, like the first time we discussed it fully, it's like we snapped out of something and layers of reality were coming to us and then we were remembering and then we spoke about it and we had no scratches on us and that's something we kept going, why, don't, why aren't we completely scratched, you know, because we were running through the bush. Those, those bushes were really spiky and so um, it was something. And then we were like, what happened to the dog, you know, <laughs> like where was your dog? Because like, <laughs> there was a dog with us the whole time and I don't know, it came home. It must have just ran alongside us or something like that and, wasn't barking or anything. So that was interesting. But in that house, like, there have been weird things around that place before and I've experienced some other things. I think there's a high energy area for things. I've had dreams that huge ships hide in the mountain down that side um, by turning to their side and going down the side of the mountain and then blending in with the mountain in, like, a camouflage. I've had dreams of that happening. Greetings, Paranormal Thoughts podcast listeners, and welcome to the Offerings 
presence as I come before you today is of no such importance. I am just a conduit, a front for something much greater. The purpose of these anonymous communions is for you to relinquish your true sinister accounts, to make an offering. I heard someone mumble my name. It was so eerie. And as it's getting closer to the back of our tent, everything around us just seemed to go silent. You know, we never found out what the banging was. You know, was it someone trying to tell me we needed to look up in the crawl space? Subscribe to the offerings wherever you get your podcasts. It's coming. Let it in. Record your sinister accounts. Make an offering. It is interesting because I've... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I've read that people, I guess, have theorized that the mountains are either like a vortex or a portal or something. Like It does seem like a very high energy area where I suppose these different realities do kind of cross over, you know. So it makes total sense that, yeah, you would have experienced very strange or even dreamt about these strange, the strange phenomena because mm. it, it does seem to be reported time and time again. Yeah, I think there are quite a few people in the mountains who've had experiences. Yeah, the dream, the main dream I had of seeing one of these light beings again was quite beautiful. I was standing in a park. And the man was in front of me and he's about he's nine or ten foot. He's quite tall. So I'm 165 centimetres. So when I could raise my hand up to his chest, I put my hand on his chest and I was doing a mantra. And I was doing this mantra at him um, because I've been told this mantra kind of annihilates like negative energy. And I've done it in a dream once with greys and they all kind of disappeared. So I was doing in. Once you do mantras enough, sometimes they stay with you and you can actually do them in your dreams. Like I believe in dreaming awake and that you can control your dreams. So um, I was doing this mantra and I put my hand up on his chest and he just smiled, looked down at me, and he was surrounded by this beautiful rays of like energy light. Um, But he, 
you just stayed there. You didn't disappear. So that was kind of an interesting dream I had. But that's the last, really, the last time that I've seen them in that way. I have, I might have dreamt about them. I've dreamt about other beings, but um, blue people as well. I've had a lot of dreams about blue people. Having full-on conversations with them about the life, the universe and everything, and then waking up going, oh, I remember it. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember the secret to anything. But, um, yeah, for me, the the importance, you know, the significance of this experience has been that we were were awake. Mm. It was sitting there wide awake. We saw it with our own eyes. It wasn't just me. It was my friend. Um, It has affected both of us so much. You know, I've got a diary somewhere from that era at that time. Sorry, the era of the 90s. <laughs> um, my 90s diary. And it has it all written down and I've got drawings, you know, drawings of them. And what I was saying before about going on the internet. Um, so when that was really starting, you know, there was a few websites that popped up that had, you know, UFO encounters and, of course, you know, the ones in America which are so famous. And then finally, after Googling light beings, light beings, light beings for a long time, one popped up, an image of one popped up, and that's the face that I saw that's very similar. It's this beautiful, you just see really um, above the torso, the head of the being, and it's just got light rays emanating out of it. And it's a very, you know, masculine, clear humanoid form, and it's beautiful. And that they're the beings. That's exactly who I've seen and who I feel like I know maybe in another dimension. I don't know. Well, maybe they're just mucking around with me <laughs> because I'm an easy target. <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, it's been a fun experience to have. I just would like to know why. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what no, that is the biggest thing, isn't it? It's like yeah, everyone having these experiences and, you know, that's all well and good. You can only really speak to what you witness, but then it's like, yeah, mm. why me? What What is the purpose of it, you know? And I guess, yeah, I don't know, that's, it's a lot to think about. And as you said, it's had like quite an effect on mm. you, obviously, and your friend. And is there is there sort of ways in your life you can see that have affected since that experience that, I don't know, maybe you've gone on to be more spiritual or, you know, can you see a direct correlation to that original experience in your now life? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I was a young child, we were religious for a little bit and then mum let go of that religion when she separated from my dad. But, um, you know, my parents are always into um, talking about, you know, the universe and everything and spirituality and things like that. And, Definitely in high school, I felt, you know, akin akin with nature and things. I always loved being in the bush and um, really looking at trees particularly and the leaves and, you know, feeling connected with the universe and the energy around me. And so when I had this experience, it just opened my mind, you know, and remembering the experiences when I was in year three, bringing that meditation in with the golden man um just kind of it made me really think more about interdimensional beings and that potentially they're all around us and some of them choose to see us at certain times and 
maybe guide us in certain ways and that potentially I'm somewhere else in, you know, another dimension, especially I think when I get deja vu or I feel very connected to somebody or like I'm on the right path. I like that when you went to research the light beings as well, you kind of got got a similar, I mean, I guess other people have experienced a very similar thing to you with the energy, you know, because typically, yeah, light beings are very positive entities as well, unlike maybe your grey aliens and, you know, reptilians and so on. But, um, yeah, mm. it's I find it fascinating that without any prior knowledge because of the time and so on, uh, but then yeah. when you've actually gone to look into this, people witness or, you know, have experienced the exact same kind of um, yeah. experience. Yeah, it's interesting. And um, the first information I really found on it was that, um, apparently they appear to you in a kind of gender or way that you are most comfortable with. So, I mean, they could be what people thought of as angels for a long time or, you know, um, for me, feeling that comfort from a strong, like a tall, this tall man, I mean, maybe that's, they, they're apparently very tall, whether they come appear as a female or a male. Um, there was a story of someone, I think, over in the US or Canada, I can't remember, Um where they'd appeared as a group of women to this person in the forest. So I found that really interesting because these these were all these have all been male kind of entities. So um, for me, so yeah, I, I find that interesting. Are they then maybe yeah non non binary? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they are exactly, but I feel like they are definitely interdimensional beings. They're more light than dense matter um, and I think um, I read somewhere that they're fifth dimensional beings so I don't exactly know what that means but I find, I found that really interesting a couple of times I've stumbled on information in old books about you know just open randomly to a page and then oh light beings you know um, they're ascended masters or they're this or that and you know I don't choose to follow any religion or anything like that but it, I find it interesting when those little snippets of information and, you know, talking about religion and spirituality, I think there's definitely little things in, in a lot of these kind of beliefs that you can take, you know, information from and maybe they've got some things right, you know. Well, there's there's clues in there yeah. about, yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff that goes hand in hand and you're mentioning yeah. that who's to say these weren't mistaken for angels, which I totally can align myself with. You know, I've talked about that theory that extraterrestrials are God in a sense. And for someone like myself, who's very deep into this phenomena, it makes more sense to me, sort of that whole belief system that these higher intelligent beings, you know, probably interdimensional, um, have played a part in our existence and have probably showed themselves, as you mentioned, as these sort of angelic um, mm. male or female kind of beings to make us feel comfortable. But, yeah, they're not so much of a yeah religious kind of scripture per se. Mm. And it makes total sense too where, you know, why do some religions, you know, go down a certain path of one thing and another because I guess it is just this phenomena showing itself to whatever makes people comfortable, whatever's, you know, going to make people believe what kind of have you, you know, but I think that's a very interesting argument and 
Yeah. I yeah, I I'm very much so in that camp, in my opinion, because I don't yeah. know. I'm not I'm not religious by any means, but in saying that, you know, I do I find religion very fascinating though, you know, I don't discredit it by any means, but I can start to, you know, when when you hear about people, you know, experiencing miracles and so on, and I can mm. kind of you could say like, well, if these if these beings have, you know, this massive amount of energy and these like sort of healing abilities, I suppose, then who's not to say that they're the ones potentially behind some of these mm. miracles, you know? I think so. And I think to them it's not that hard. <laughs> I think they from what I got from my experience, I think they, they have a good sense of humor and they some of them anyway would find a lot of this fun and you know, they might not change the course of history by showing up to two teenage girls, but um, you know, it's like ripples. One person sees them, one person tells the story, then it goes on and on. And it's making if I make anyone else more aware with this little story of what could happen or what's out there, that's good. And, you know, I just think it's I, I just hope more people have more experiences. I really think it's time we all kind of knew what what was really happening and and what our minds are capable of and you know these beings are pretty amazing i just i yeah i feel super blessed to have had that experience i know um it may never happen again but it's definitely opened my mind for sure and spirituality is part of it and i just practice in my own little way but you know (laughs) It makes me feel like, it gives me hope, I think, especially, and this is kind of off topic a little, I guess, with death and everything like that, I feel like things will continue in an energetic way, however that is, because I think there's definitely more to life than what we just see with our three-dimensional physical plane of existence. So, Most definitely. And I go on about this so much, but how much all these topics within the paranormal are just so connected. You know, like here we are talking about you seeing this light extraterrestrial type being and now here we are talking about, you know, I guess death <laughs> and so on. But it's so true. Yeah. You know, it is – it's all the same thing, I think, anyway. I mean, it just has to be because I it's too so. – Yeah, there's just too much crossover. And I think that's – I think yeah. that's where us as people – like, you know, it's human struggle, right? Because we like to put everything in a box and it's like, that's what this is, case closed, you know. But and I think that's with the paranormal, we just can't do that because it's so, there's just so much unknown. And I feel like us, you know, yeah, trying to label like this is, this is extraterrestrial, so be it. I just don't think it, I don't think it's ever going to work that way. So, yeah. I, I, I get upset that people think of so many of them so negatively. That's, I mean, you think of all the humans on the planet and all the different types of personalities and all the different types of cultures and, you know, there's good and bad all over the world and, you know, there's going to be some really amazing extraterrestrials and some that are probably not so nice and, you know, I I just wish that we'd find out more about some of the <laughs> potentially more helpful ones as well, you know. Um, yeah, I don't think it's all scary. I don't think it has to be scary. So. No, and there's, there's that many accounts of people like yourself having quite a positive experience and others not so much. And that's the same thing. It's to say 
they're not the same experience by any means, you know. It's probably not even the same thing that's visited you, you know. But it's very easy. It all kind of once again gets lumped into, you know, like alien visitation, yeah. alien abduction. But it's like, hang on, there's probably a lot more going on here. But speaking about um, negative experiences, I'm curious to know, what have your grey alien visitations oh, been yes. like? The grey buddies of mine. So um, it was a particular house that I lived in in the lower mountains in Springwood again. Um, that house was near some ponds and things. I don't know. It was in, a, in near a little valley and it, there was some intense energy around there and some negative energy um, in that little spot. Also some beautiful bushwalks around there and things, but there's definitely something weird going on. And um, I used to get visited by this little grey alien at night sometimes. I'd wake up and he would be carrying a box in my room. Um, I wouldn't go into that paralysis, sleep paralysis, is that, is that what it's called? Yep. I wouldn't go into that exactly when he was there, but I would be too scared to move in my bed. And he, I always call them he's, I don't know why. Um, he was carrying a little box. It's, it's about, I always describe it the same way, it's like a CD size cube a CD-sized glowing cube that was able to move and morph in geometric kind of um, patterns but m- predominantly in a cube shape. And he would just be busy, be busying himself, sorry, busying himself in my room with this little cube. Um, so he appeared um, a few times at that house and that was that with him one time I woke up with a being above my bed in the same room um it was just like a light glowing almost like a giant jellyfish thing above my bed um that was a bit strange but I don't think that was the same kind of alien or that might have been a ghost I don't know um there was a few things me and my sister saw I think in that house um then at the end of the bed and stuff as well um, but, yeah, and then in Sydney when I was around 22, I lived in a house there and I I saw one coming through the wall at me one night when I was going to bed. I hadn't fallen asleep yet. And then when I did fall asleep, I had an intense dream that I was standing um, near an ocean but with bush behind like on the shore and I was standing at the edge there and a ship had landed and every flash of light from the ship, one grey would appear, then more, then more, then more, then more until there was about, you know, a hundred of them standing in front of me and I was terrified. Um, and the only thing I, I did this mantra, <laughs> this Kadoish mantra, you can Google it. It's really easy mantra. It, it goes like this. Do you want me to tell you the mantra? Please. It, it goes like this, Kadoish, 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 Adonai Sebeot, and it means holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts. And it's a mantra, It's I think it's ancient Hebrew, I'm not sure. But it, it basically annihilates any negative energy. So if you're standing in front of something that is freaking you out, <laughs> doing that mantra calms you down. Um, once my sister was staying in a little cabin in the middle of nowhere by herself 
and she was she could hear heaps of rats in the ceiling, heaps, and she did the Kadosh mantra and they all scurried out of the house. <laughs> so it, it's it's a the great thing to do if you're scared or you know uncertain in your life or anything like that. But I yeah, I've gotten so used to doing it now that I'll do it in my dreams. And when I've done it in my dreams, whatever is freaking me out stops, disappears, goes away, explodes, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, so these experiences with Grace have been interesting. I I um when I moved to Katoomba, um when I was in my twenties at some point, I think I was twenty-five, um, I moved to Katoomba and I lived in a house there that was haunted. And I would see a lot of things in that house, orbs and things moving around my room and um, beings appearing, like grey kind of beings appearing and things. And um, one day I just put up a huge golden bubble around the house. Like of, I just visualised this golden bubble that I didn't want to see anything anymore. And um, then that stopped, that stopped. So now I still have that golden energy around me and my family all the time. So I don't know if that's meant that I haven't seen as much in the past however many years as I used to. Occasionally when I'm in a new house, I'll see something because, you know, if I'm visiting a friend or something and I haven't done anything to that house where I've put an energy light around it, I'll see things um, or hear things or dream strange things or have a sleep paralysis dream where things are in the room with me um, or be talking to a blue man, you know, <laughs> and um, but then I ultimately wake up and I know it's it's gone. So I'm not so scared, but, um, yeah, but at my house I don't have anything like that at the moment. That's such an interesting insight that that could be why you don't have as much activity as you once did because you have gone that extra measure to protect yourself. I think because when I had kids and I had sleep paralysis with my daughter once in Sydney, in a house in Sydney, it was so terrifying. I was lying there in the bed with her and she was only two. We were visiting a friend who was house-sitting and um, I could hear beings all around me scurrying and making weird sounds and I couldn't see them. And knowing my daughter was in the bed with me, I was terrified they would touch her. And all I kept thinking was, if you come near me, I'll scratch you. If you come near me, I'll scratch you. And um, oh, eventually I was able to snap out of it. Um, but I actually called my friend who was doing a night shift and said, please come back. I'm terrified. Like, I, I'm like, I think there's somebody upstairs. Like, I was at, I've never been at that point where I'm, like, absolutely almost hyperventilating with fear. And, um, you know, because my little girl was involved and, um, yeah, since around that time, I mean, that's when I was living in the house in Katoomba and since around that time I just I was like I have to protect my, my children. I can't, you know, obviously when I was younger my mind was very open and I, it is, but I, I really need to keep that away from my kids to that anything negative. I'm, I'm fine if, like, they got visited by a light being, that would be okay. But there's too many other weird things that can get in if you don't protect yourself a little bit so somehow I've managed to do that with this golden bubble of light I've envisioned around my house (laughs) that's amazing though and yeah it's just so interesting because someone like yourself who like I believe people are more susceptible to this kind of activity 
more so than others, you know, so you're taking precautions that, you know, maybe you are at more risk, you know, than someone else for this kind of activity, especially negative activity too, because I guess that's the thing as well, like, who's to say something isn't disguising itself as something else as well, you know, it's just, it's just things to be really wary about. No, well, thank you for sharing though. It's great that you're able to be so honest and open with us here this evening. It's, I think a lot of people, a lot of people appreciate it and they get a lot out of it. So it's, it's great for you to have done that with me. I I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it and it's nice to finally get this stuff off my shoulders and share it. And yeah, I hope um, people know that it doesn't always have to be so scary. You know, it can be really beautiful as well. Well, there you go. There was Listener Paranormal Experiences Part 3. I love getting to talk to you guys, and this will definitely be a recurring segment. I mean, we've already done it three times now, but definitely if you have a story or you have an encounter or just something you want to bring up that you think is worth mentioning here on the podcast, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, or you can email me at paranormalthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. And we can definitely get you on at some point in the near future. As I mentioned earlier, please make sure you subscribe to share the podcast with anyone you feel might be interested. Both of these listeners, I feel like, came across Paranormal Thoughts from a friend recommending it uh, and even just it being recommended. And that's from you guys leaving reviews and you know spreading the word. It definitely helps more people find the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you really enjoyed that and I look forward to seeing you in a podcast episode really soon. Thanks.